0: Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. I thought I'd drop on this one before I do the big round four preview. There is a lot to talk about, so I'll say this quick. Uh, I know that there was a little bit of backlash after I did the team of the week. Um, mainly because of the fact that I was putting different players in different positions just to fit them into the team. That's what I usually do, guys. I try to get all the players that really stood out into that team. I don't really do it positional-wise, although I think that from the backlash that I was getting, I think you guys would p- prefer if I did do it that way. So, Look, let me know in my DMs. Feel free to text me and let me know what way you'd prefer the team of the week to go. I'm catering to you guys. That's my job here. I'm making this content for you guys, and I want you guys to be satisfied with the content that I'm putting out there. So if there's anything uh, that you guys want to let me know about my content, if there's anything you guys like to see, if there's anything that you guys don't want to see, let me know. Um, but I know there was a little bit of backlash with that team of the week and, and, and the way it was set out. If you prefer for me to do the team of the week positionally, just let me know. And I'm happy to change that over and do that and get each position uh, team of the week. Um, the only trouble I see with that is there's going to be people complaining, saying this fullback played better than this fullback from what I do I usually get try and get all those guys into that one side if they did play better than some centers or some wingers it's just how I sort of fit the side together guys but I understand if you guys do want me to do it a bit differently uh, and I'm more than happy to change it over but without further ado let's get into this round for review Hello and welcome back to Beagle's League and all rugby league experience. Welcome to your round four review. We're going to be talking about all the games. Then I'm going to go through my fantasy team. And then I'm going to go through my tips and just talk about that as well. I thought I'd do it all in one big podcast. I thought that'd be a bit more interesting there for you guys. We'll start off. We'll get straight into it. So it's not too long. We'll talk about the Titans and the Tigers. Eight to six, the Titans won that game. Look, and the Tigers hung on for as as best as they could. I know I talked a little shit about that game. I will cop that on the chin. I did talk a lot of shit about that game. But thinking back, I mean, while it wasn't the most entertaining game of football, it still had some good signs there in terms of the Tigers playing for each other, turning up for each other, and really trying to get that win, and... It was really unfortunate that the Tigers got the win taken off them like that. You know, it was a very scrappy performance in terms of the Titans, which is why I don't think they really deserve to win that game in hindsight. I think that the Tigers definitely deserve to win that one after all of the stuff that they both uh, went through, really. And you look at the possession. You look at the completion rate. Possession and completions now the Titans did have a higher possession rate of 51% compared to the Tigers' 49%. In total, the Titans were in possession for 27 minutes and 31 seconds, while the Tigers' total possession was 26 minutes and 4 seconds, so not too much of a difference between them. However, while Titans did have more position, I thought the way they used that position was quite poor. Uh, But the completion rate, you can see that it was quite poor. It was 65%. 28 out of 43 sets completed. Whereas you look at the Tigers, 75% completions, another 10% of completion rates, with 28 out of 37 sets completed. You can just see how hard the Tigers worked to get uh, over the Titans at that last stage of the game before, obviously, AJ Brimson. Was very lucky to score that try. But all in all, I thought that the way the Tigers used the ball was a bit better than how the Titans used the ball. I thought it was a bit less scrappy. While both teams were making a similar amount of errors, I thought that the way that the Tigers used their limited possession was better than how the Titans did. And for me, I personally, I thought that the Tigers definitely deserved to win that game over the Titans. Now, in saying this, the Tigers did fold in one of the harder moments. It was pretty confusing how that try was scored by A.J. Brimson. There should have been someone back there. Dane Laurie, someone, Jock Madden, tried to pick it up but failed. I mean, it was a bit scrappy at the back end there. And when the Tigers could have held on, it was very unlucky that A.J. Brimson scored that last try. So personally, for me, I thought it was a good effort there from the Tigers. Not their best game at all, but a good effort. Uh, and they were really turned up for each other, the Tigers did. Um, and I think they definitely deserved to win that game. As, as I said, it was very unlucky that the Titans did score that try at the back end there. Uh, and I thought, from what I saw, I thought the Titans were quite scrappy as well. Um, and as you can see it here from the completion rate: 65 to 75% uh, percent completion rate, 75 for the Tigers, 65 for the Titans. So not high completions at all. And two tries from the Titans were denied in that game as well. So very scrappy there from the Titans. Hopefully they can improve next week against the Eels. And I think that the Eels are definitely going to be a team that they need to really step up next week for and have a bit of a better performance than what we saw from them last week. Moving on to the next game, the Sharks v. the Knights. The score was 18-0, the Sharks won, and I wasn't expecting this by a long shot. It was a really strong performance there from the Sharks. In terms of possession and completions, it was a 53-47% to 47% percentage rate. The Sharkies obviously having the higher possession in this game. They were in possession for a total of 33 minutes and 26 seconds, and the Knights were in possession for 28 minutes and 45 seconds. The completion rate was 75% from the Sharkies with 31 out of 41 sets completed, whilst from the Knights, and this is quite surprising, was 79% with 31 out of 39 sets completed. So not much of a difference there. It was mainly just one more set that wasn't completed by the Sharkies, but pretty even Steven there, looking at the stats, obviously, other than the possession, which Sharks did have more of, but... They looked really good, the Sharkies, and it's and it's not similar to how the Titans were at all, where they had more possession but less completions. The Sharkies had a really good game and utilized those completions very, very well, uh, and ended up getting them the win, eighteen 0 which was again very surprising over a really red hot night side who was second on the ladder, second on the ladder for the first few weeks of this season. So as I said, it was a really strong performance there from the Sharkies. I've been saying for a while now that Hines looks really, really comfortable in that seven spot. Uh, Every touch he had was superb, and he didn't really overplay anything whatsoever. The Knights had a performance that I didn't really expect. In fact, I'm surprised they didn't manage to win that game. Knights, compared to their usual standard, didn't look as good as they have been in over the past few weeks, and obviously that's why they did end up losing that game. I think KP is going to take a while to get back to his spark after watching that game for me. It wasn't really 100% there from KP, but we, don't, we, have, we can't forget he's had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries that he's recovering from there, and it's going to take a while for these sort of guys coming back from really bad injuries to sort of get back to full swing, and I think it's going to be the same there for KP. For Knights fans, I hope it wasn't just a a coincidence that they came out red hot at the start of this season. And I really hope that they don't start getting into this losing sort of game where they lose a lot of their games this season. I hope they, for Knights fans especially, win the next few games. And I would love to see a red hot Knights team in the top eight at the back end of this season. Moving on to the Panthers versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And please, please do not make me cry. I came out, I was very happy with how South played, I really was. I thought they put in a really strong performance in this one. Uh, the Panthers, they did get away with this game by a little margin there. I'm really proud of my bunnies. Really proud of my bunnies in the way they went. Although the completions were sort of the thing that really let us down, especially the back end of that game. Uh, in terms of possession, Panthers had 56% poss- possession to over the South 44%. Uh, they had approximately 31 minutes in possession there. The Panthers, while South Sydney, had 25 minutes and 16 seconds. Um, Completion rate. Now, this is just... It just shows you the effect that Nathan Cleary has on this side. 85% completion rates. 36 out of 42% of sets completed. While South Sydney, and this is quite shocking because they looked really good in this game... 65% sets completed with a 26 over 40 total sets completed. Now, that's probably, as I said, what let us down in this game. South didn't really look out of that game until the very end, really. They really stuck in and had a red hot crack. Had some really good signs, including Ilias, who I thought Lachlan Ilias was sensational. Uh, But I'll stop talking about South. I think Penrith came out. And obviously were the better side in that game. And that's what got them the win there. Nathan Cleary, as I said, you can see the effect that he has on the boys around him. I think a bit of structure returned to that Panthers side as well. You could see that Panthers were playing more of a structured game rather than a really off-the-cuff game. So I thought that was a bit of a change that I sort of noticed. They just looked really, really solid, the Panthers-Panthers. And honestly, wouldn't be surprised one bit if they ended up going back-to-back this season. Now, in terms of the Warriors v. the Broncos, the next game in this round, this was definitely a game that the Warriors had to win. I didn't really expect it to be a game that the Broncos would lose. Now, I don't know what happened for Brisbane. Over the past few weeks, they've been getting beaten by bottom eight sides, which is really, really concerning. Really concerning. And don't think Brisbane can really afford to be losing These games. I don't think Brisbane can afford to lose these games at all. In terms of possession, 54% to 46%. In total, the Warriors were in possession for 28 minutes and 36 seconds of that game, whilst the Broncos were in possession for 25 minutes and 9 seconds in that game. So obviously, the Warriors leading the possession with 54%. In terms of completion rates, the Warriors completed a successful 82% of their sets, which is unreal. It is unreal. That's nothing like we thought that we were going to see from the Warriors this season. Whilst the Brisbane Broncos, 72%, with 27 out of 37 of their sets completed. For the Warriors, it was 37 out of 45 of their sets completed, which is really, really good. Anything above 80 Is really good in terms of sets completed. And I think that the Warriors had a really good game in this one. Obviously, the big story coming out of this game was Thomas Flegler. He was sent to the bin and obviously on report four times in that game. So it doesn't look like he'll be playing next week. As well as the Payne Haas and Albert Kelly drama. Don't know what's going to happen there. Hoping that Payne Haas in terms of fantasy doesn't go out because he... Provides a lot of my points, but on a serious note, it was unfortunate to see that video come out, obviously, from a while ago, uh, of a bit of a scrap up between Payne Haas and Albert Kelly, allegedly, now this is all allegedly, ladies and gentlemen, don't take me word for it, it's all allegedly uh, that this is uh, happening, and really unfortunate there for Payne Haas, really unfortunate there for Albert Kelly, does look like they're going to be punished for their actions and it's probably going to mean that they're going to be fined and miss maybe a few games. This could mean that the Broncos are going to be in a bit of barney over the next few weeks. In terms of the Warriors, though, on a positive note, SJ, he was really good. He was well and truly back ripping and tearing in there for the New Zealand Warriors. Very happy for Warriors fans, uh, but as I said, gravely concerned for Brisbane over the next few weeks. The Brisbane Broncos have the Roosters and the Penrith Panthers in their next two weeks of footy. So they are in a lot of trouble if they're going to be missing Haas, Flegler, and Albert Kelly in their side. For me, that would probably mean, and this is probably obvious to some people, that Billy Walters would come into the six. And I've been really liking his impact off the bench, Billy Walters. I thought that was a smart decision there from He's Obviously, his dad. But it will sort of look like that Billy Walters will come into that six jersey potentially, potentially this could lead to Ezra Mam's debut. And I would love to see that. A young Ezra Mam ripping and tearing there for the Brisbane Broncos in that 14 jersey. I reckon he'd be unreal. Uh, But this is all pure Big les speculation. We don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. And hopefully, you know, Payne Haas and Albert Kelly aren't gone for too long. Uh, It'd be really bad for Brisbane fans and for Brisbane itself not having Payne Hassan, now, but Kelly in their side over the next few weeks. But, you know, moving on from that, we don't want to talk about this all night. I could literally talk about it all night, but I won't. All I am going to say, though, it is that it's really unfortunate there for those Brisbane Broncos fans if they are out for a substantial amount of time, especially in the next few weeks Having the Panthers and the Roosters in their draw. A standout for the Warriors was Adam Fanour Blake with 202 run meters. He was a really key factor for the Warriors, in my opinion, in that win. He was sensational in my team of the week. I know there was a bit of dramas with the team of the week, but I think he's one of the guys that definitely deserved to be there. Adam Fanour Blake, really, really solid game from him. Hayne Haas, obviously, in close second there with 176 metres. And this is why, this is why that the Broncos are really going to struggle if he's out of the side. He rocks up so many metres for them, and he does, he, he puts in the, probably one of the biggest efforts in that side each week. Puts in a huge effort for that side. And if he's out, a okay, K later in their side, look, I could talk about it all night, all night. It's it's really going to be troubled times there for Brisbane if Payne Haas is out over the next few weeks, whether it's two, whether it maybe even four, along with a huge fines, it's going to be tough times for Payne Haas. It's going to be tough times for the Brisbane Broncos. Albert Kelly as well, obviously, a key factor in that side in the sixth jersey. Without him, it's probably going to be quite similar. It's not going to be good stuff there for the Brisbane Broncos. Moving on, though, we're going to be talking about the Manly Seagulls versus the Canberra Raiders, and they obviously came out, and had a masterclass here against the Raiders. I think everyone could probably agree with that. Daly Cherry Evans' kicking game was on point. We'll talk about that in a second. But possession, it was 54% to 46% possession. Um, time in possession was 30 minutes and 26 seconds there for the Manly Seagulls, whereas for the Raiders, it was 46% possession. Jeez, um, that's a tongue twister. Uh, but anyway, um with twenty-six minutes and fifty seven seconds there of possession. Completion rates, the Manly Seagulls had seventy-five percent completions with thirty-four. 34- Out of 45 sets completed. While the Raiders had 70% completion rates with 26 out of 37 sets completed. Look, it was a great performance by Manly to get the win. I think this is the Manly we all really like to see. Tommy Turbo was in red hot form with 209 run meters and a try. But obviously he'll be out for the next four weeks. Which will be a bit of an issue there for Manly over the next few weeks. Not having him in the side. We know the confidence he brings to this Manly side. They're going to be in a bit of Barney over the next few weeks without Tommy Turbo in the side. I'll tell you that. It's four weeks that he'll be out with a knee issue. I think this is, as I said, really going to hurt the Manly Seagulls over the next four weeks. Their draw is Knights this week, Titans next week, and then Sharks and South the following weeks. Not too bad, but still, they will sort of struggle there against those sides, in my opinion, especially not having Tommy Turbo there for the next four weeks. They're really going to struggle. Hopefully, he's back sooner than later, and I wish him all the best in recovery also. But Daily Cherry Evans, a real credit to him in this game. Absolute masterclass with a 20-40. Yeah, that's that's right, a 20-40, then a 40-20, and then a field goal. Unreal there from Daly Cherry Evans, and he's a key factor to why they won this game. He was in some great form. the Olakowatu looking good as well. Marty power setting up the first try with a bit of ball playing of his own. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really good performance there from Manly. Cowler is one that us punters have to keep an eye on. I reckon he's going to be sensational over the next few weeks, and he'll probably be in the side a bit more since Turbo is going to be out with that knee injury. Moving on to the Roosters versus the Cowboys. The Roosters put in a really strong performance here after last round's loss against the Rabbits. Wink, wink. South supporters out there loving that. Um, But anyway, the Roosters. First try was quite obvious for me after that that the Roosters were going to win that game. I know when the Roosters get red hot. I was obviously correct there because they really put it to that Cowboys side. A Cowboys side that has been really successful over the past few weeks and have really, really informed players like Valentine Holmes and Murray Tulungy, Tom Dearden, Chad Townsend's in a bit of form at the moment up there being the structured half. I mean, they had a really, really good few weeks. The only thing that's going to worry me over the next few weeks for them is that Hammer, Hammer So Tabby wife the Hammer, will be out for them. Uh, he's got a PCL injury, so I think that's around two to four, maybe even six weeks, so... Uh, Hopefully he's back sooner than later as well for them. In terms of possession, the Cowboys had 45% to the Roosters, 55%. In total, the Cowboys had possession for 25 minutes and 8 seconds with the Roosters for 30 minutes and 1 second. Uh, In terms of completions, it was pretty good by both teams. 76% completion rate there for the Cowboys with 30 out of 39 sets completed While the Roosters had 77% completions with 34 out of 44 sets completed there. I think the Cowboys in this game were pretty much in disarray. And it was sort of uncharacteristic of them, especially in the last few rounds. However... There were some really good signs from the Cowboys at some stages. I think Tom Dearden really stood out for me in this game. I think he was really trying to give his side a bit of a lift. Same with Townsend. Same with even Reece Robson. I thought Reece Robinson in this game was really trying to give his side a lift, but they just weren't pushing. Valentine Holmes, a guy I've got to give credit to there as well. It wasn't really a bad performance from the Cowboys. They were in a bit of disarray, but it wasn't a bad performance. For me, it was just that the Roosters had come out and put on the better show at the end of the day. The Roosters came away with the win there and a good win at that. One of the key players that stood out for me for the Roosters was Satili Tupanua. He was sensational in attack and then mine and went obviously Tedesco as well, putting on a really good show for those Roosters fans that night and sealing that win. Moving on to the Sunday blowouts. The Sunday blowouts is what I'm going to call this one because both of these games, both of these games were blowouts. The Storm v. the Bulldogs... Wow. In hindsight, I thought that the game was going to be a little bit closer than what it was, but I was warned by BKR Sports. Blaze, he warned me. He told me that this game was going to be a dead set blowout. He predicted a really harsh score, uh, and that's what happened. The Storm came out and had an absolute blinder. It was a real blowout. The Storm came out and did what the Storm does. They tear teams apart. Ryan Pappenhausen basically tore them apart by himself with four tries in the Storm's victory. I think there's really nothing much to say other than that the Bulldogs, they really got beaten by the better team on the night. All I can really say about this game was that the Storm definitely got the job done. In terms of possession in this game, surprisingly, the Storm didn't have as much possession in this game with 48% compared to the Bulldogs' 52%. Uh, It was 25 minutes in total that the Storm had possession of the footy while it was 27 minutes and 14 seconds that the Bulldogs had possession of the footy. Uh, The completion rate there by the Melbourne Storm was 29% compared to the Bulldogs 71% uh, with 27 out of 38 sets completed while obviously the Storm had 34 out of 43 sets completed there. But the Storm obviously outplaying the Bulldogs when they did have the ball. Moving on to the final game of the round, also a blowout here. The Eagles really stuck it to the Dragons here. They really did. It seems like it was the Sunday of blowouts. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. It was the Sunday of blowouts. Uh, the score was 48-14. to 14. Mitch Moses, he had a huge effort in this game, a huge effort, as well as his harvest partner, Dylan Brown. For me, more credit goes to Mitchell Moses with the conversion rate, kicking eight from eight. It was a real masterclass from the Yields. Tyrell Sloan was obviously ruled out at the start of this game, meaning that Moses Mboy had to go at the fullback position. Um, but look, it may be a factor of what lost the Dragons that game. I think it was just that the Yields came out and outplayed them. I don't think that Tyrell Sloan being out was a huge factor, but it was definitely one of those factors that did end up winning the Dragons the game. But as I said, I think that the Dragons were just outplayed here. Eel Spine altogether really put on a show. In terms of possession, it was 55% to the Eels, over 45% to the Dragons. 29 minutes and 23 seconds to the Eels, while it was 25 minutes and 7 seconds to to the Dragons. In terms of completions, it was an 88% completion rate with 38 out of 43 sets completed there, which is huge for the Eels. And that's probably what won them the game. Over 71% completion rate with 25 out of 35 sets completed for the Dragons. And that is a massive completion rate, 88%. 38 out of 43. They own the... They only didn't complete five sets. Five sets. I think that's the highest completion rate this weekend. If I'm kicking a team of the round, it has to be the Parramatta Reels there. That's huge. A huge completion rate there for the Parramatta Eels. Moving on, though, to the fantasy review. Looking at my fantasy team, I didn't go too well this week, and it was the same as last week. Really had a bit of a shocker there. Ethan Bullymore and Tyrell Sloan were ruled out late and didn't really get a chance to change those guys over. Some really good performances though. Cameron Murray, 73 points. Kurt Mann, 52. Payne Haas, 78. But I don't know what the situation with him's going to be. I think he'll be out, so I probably have to trade him out of the side and edit my trades there. Isaac Targo, 55. Um, look, Stephen Crichton, 51. Nico Hines, 43. Josh King, 41. Definitely recommended there. Josh King comes in at 476K. If you're looking for a forward, that's quite cheap. I would go and pick Josh King there. He's definitely worth the money. Xavier Coates in his first week back from injury gets 48 points as well. Um, Players that didn't really go so well, Brad Schneider, 34. Uh, But I think he's got a lot of potential in him. and I think he can get... A lot more points in the next few weeks. Uh, But yeah, look, I didn't really have the best week in terms of fantasy. It's definitely not one of my highest scores, 676 altogether. In terms of trades for this week, which will most likely change, and I'll let you know if they do, Tyrell Sloan, I traded him out for Taylan May. Uh, It was 448k for Tyrell Sloan and traded him out for a 403k Taylan May. And then we look at this side here, the second trade, Ethan Bullymore. I traded him out. He was 354K. I've got Andrew Davey, who is 275K. That leaves me 129K to spare. However, as I said, I probably have to change that around because Payne Haas will most likely be out. And as I said, I will let you guys know if that does change. In terms of tips, I got six out of eight. For Titans v. the West Tigers, I tipped the Titans and they won. I tipped a 12-point margin, but they obviously won only by two. Uh, in terms of the Sharks v. the Knights, I tipped the Knights, and obviously the Sharks won 18 0 so I got that one miserably wrong. As t- In terms of Penrith versus South, I tipped Penrith here, and Penrith won 26-12, so I got that one right. Sorry, excuse me. In terms of Brisbane v. New Zealand, I tipped Brisbane. Obviously, I lost that tip as New Zealand won that game 20-6, to 6, and I think no one was really expecting that one. In terms of Manly versus Canberra, I tipped Manly, and they won 25-6. to 6. Not a score you see every day, but in terms of the Daly Cherry Evans kicking game, I think that's what got them there, uh, especially that field goal at the end. In terms of the Roosters versus the Cowboys, I tipped the Roosters, and the Roosters won 28-4. In terms of Melbourne, V the Bulldogs, I tipped Melbourne, obviously, and they won 44-0. And then in terms of Para versus the Dragons, I tipped Parramatta, and they won 48-14. So six out of eight there for the tipping. Thank you for choosing Big Les League. That is your round four review. As I said, thank you for choosing Big Les League and all rugby league experience. I am your host, Big Les, and I will see you guys in the next one.